the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. What a blessing it is to be back and talking about sharing our faith. This is, I believe, part five. So uh, we will continue. But first, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Lord, you have commanded us to speak about you and your good news. And Lord, for whatever reason... We don't do it consistently nor constantly. And so we repent of that, Father, in the name of Yeshua, because we want to follow you. We want to do your will. And so, Lord, help us to prepare ourselves to be confident and to speak with humility and just see a mighty moving of the power of your Spirit in our lives. So, Lord, please help us. And we thank you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. Well, once again, I'd like to remind you of the summer challenge, which is the morning affirmations and then, of course, sharing your faith. And there are, uh, if you join the challenge, you get on our app, which. I put in new resources, some of which are a review of what I've said in in this particular program, and it goes through the end of August, so you have a whole month to do this now. Of course, some of us have done it for, well, it'll be two months. But if you'd like to join, call our office, 813-831-831. Five six seven three and sign up. That would be great. Please visit our website, shereshdavid.org, and find out uh, times and places for our services Friday evening or Saturday morning. Uh, we have four locations. We love visitors. We love kids. So uh, bring the whole family. Call our office if you have any questions, 813 813- We just like you to come as you are, okay? So uh, there's no big uh, issues. Just just come. And and bring people who don't know the Lord. So important. Uh, Consider sending us a gift to help support us on this radio program. We appreciate it. We ask for prayer as well. And uh, again, if you'd like to give a gift, you can go to our website, heartofmessiah.org, 
or you can go to uh, speak to the people in our office, 813-831-5673. So last week, uh, we did close. Uh, If you remember the five parts that we were going to do, one was approach. We did that. The delivery, the content, and then the close last week. And so this week and next week, I would imagine, we will be doing answering objections. Okay? So this is a a very interesting and exciting time. Before we get to specifically how to answer certain objections, I want to just share with you two areas that you need to think about. There are key questions for you to answer. And that means that you need to prepare answers because they are really some, they are things that will be brought up. And you'll see that when we answer objections, we'll get into some of this. But number one, you should know about uh, eternal life. What are you going to say? Number two, sins are forgiven. Three, receive abundant life. Four, Close the hole in, in, in the person's heart, right? Five, the Bible says so. Six, purpose and calling. Seven, we have authority. And eight, to know God's power. So these are just key things that you will need to have in mind. And as we go through these objections, you'll see how we handle them with Scripture. I would mention one other thing before we get started with that, and that is something called a smoke screen. So a smoke screen means you can't see very well, and what that is is when somebody asks you a question, and it might be a legitimate question, but they are trying to get you off track. So they might say, uh, can you explain how God can care if he allowed the Holocaust? And that could be an honest question, or it could be a smokescreen. Again, smokescreen is just something he's trying to, the person's trying to do to get rid of you. (laughs) And uh, so that is a difficult thing. But we have to figure out how to answer these objections and stay on course. So let's go through and and start in what I would call in the beginning. The beginning is, is there a God and has Scripture, can Scripture prove there is a God and is Scripture accurate? Can, Can Scripture prove itself to be the Word of God? And those two things kind of go together. Because really, there are two things you should know about that. Number one, it's always going to be about faith. So no matter what I say, it won't be enough if the person is not willing to exhibit faith. So you hear me on this? It won't be enough. No matter, I can come up with the smartest argument in the world, and it won't be enough. Because God somehow hasn't opened up their heart, they're not ready, and they're not willing 
to look at this through the eyes of faith. But having said that, there are definitely things that we can say that if they just want to look academically or understand in in a very practical way why God exists and why uh, the Bible is God's word is because of the prophetic nature of God's word, which proves not only that the Bible is true, but it also proves that God is true because God is the one who instigated the writers of the Bible. So as we prove that the Bible is true, we also are proving at the same time that God is true. Make sense? Okay. So let's look at a couple scriptures. A fun scripture to start out with is Columbus, um, yes, the one who founded the United States, right, of America. Um, Columbus, who was a strong believer from what I understand, uh, possibly also could have been Jewish, but that's a whole nother story, right? Uh, it says, in, uh, and you know what Columbus said, he said that the world was round. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, something that you were going to fall off of, right? Uh, in Isaiah 40, 21 and 22, it says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? He sits above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the skies like a curtain, spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. So here we see two things. We see what God is doing, but we also see something that explains an Isaiah figure is 700 years roughly before Yeshua. So uh, in uh, this book of Isaiah, it says that the earth is a circle. Now, again, Columbus, who was very scripture literate from what I understand, would have probably known that. And I'm going to assert that he might have realized the the uh, the roundness of the earth because of Isaiah 40, 21 and 22. So that's something that I think we can use. But there are so many, 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 many other prophecies. One of my favorite would be Isaiah 11, 11 and 12. Because when you're looking at the prophetic nature, the longer you go from the prophecy, the more amazing the prophecy is, right? So this this has a number of things in it that make it an amazing scripture. It says, It will also come about in that day that my Lord will again redeem a second time with his hand the remnant of his people. Now, let's stop there for a second. Again, Isaiah, 700 years before uh, Yeshua, and also uh, about 150 years or so before the Babylonian captivity of the Jewish people. 
which was the first time they were forced to leave Israel. So now this this is interesting because we see here that in this prophecy, it's a double prophecy, which means that two things it's saying. The first is that the people of Israel will come back from and be redeemed a second time, but they haven't left the first time yet. So God would obviously have to know they're going to leave for the Babylonian exile, and then he's going to have to scatter them again after they come back after the Babylonian exile. Then he's going to have to scatter them as we know, to the four corners of the earth, because at the end of this verse, it says, he will lift up a banner for the nations and assemble the dispersed of Israel and gather the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Well, at that time, it was hard to even imagine what the four corners of the earth were, and the fact that there would be Jews in all the lands like China and India and, and South America and Canada and, and Australia and all over, even in Alaska and, and places. So what this verse is saying, that the second time is where God is allowing the Jewish people to be dispersed from Israel, which happened in 70 AD and through about 150 AD, 70 AD being the destruction of the temple, and 135 or 40 was the Bar rebellion, which caused the Jews to disperse and leave Israel and go literally to the four corners of the earth, so that in the time of the uh, the the 20th century, there were Jews in every nation of the world. And so the second coming back happened in 1948. So figure this out. The first dispersion came out, uh, came 150 years after Isaiah. They had to come back. They had to leave again. And then they had to come back. And they came back 2,700 years approximately later. So do you see how miraculous... God, and, and God writes this stuff down, or has it written down, in what we call the Bible, so that people can test it all through time. They can see, is it accurate historically? Is it accurate in all the ways it needs to be? And the answer is yes. Now, if this was the only prophecy, or these two, as an example, these two scriptures... You know, you could say, oh, well, it might not really be true. But how about hundreds of prophecies? So as we go through Scripture, we have to have a few of these prophecies, so to speak, in our back pocket, ready to be given to people so that they can understand the enormity and the amazingness of God's Word.
Okay? So we're together? Now, if you are speaking to a Jewish person, and let's start there, because the next thing we want to talk about is what Jewish people say to Messianic Jews and others who are sharing with them. They say, look, you believe in three gods. We believe in one God. Okay. So there's your objection. Are you able to answer that? Well, let me give you a few answers. Genesis one well actually if you want to start in the very very beginning genesis 1 2 says and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the earth now the spirit of god separated somehow from god the father and was hovering so right in the beginning you see at least two parts to god but having said that in genesis 1 26 It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Deuteronomy 6.4 says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So let's take both these separate. First of all, it says, let us make man in our image. Now, we're not talking about angels, though sometimes people say it's angels, But no, we're not made in the image of angels. We're made in the image of God. But it's our, our likeness. So in other words, we have the likeness of the triune nature of God. Well, you don't have to say it like that, but there's definitely plurality involved. Okay, we'll start there. Because this is a slow process and we have to be very clear. Now, Deuteronomy 6.4, which is said in synagogues all across the world. I mean, this is the one scripture that almost every Jew knows. And it's Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So they say, how can... God be more than one if it says here the Lord is one. Well, in the Hebrew, the word for one, singular, is yachid. But in the plural, meaning like a group of, it's echad. So when it says one, it's the plurality of one. It's not just one individually. Otherwise, they would have used the singular. And then we see it's also in Isaiah 6, 8, where it says, Then I heard the voice of Adonai saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. So God is saying again, Who will go for us? He didn't say me, <laughs> meaning him. He said us. Again, meaning a plurality of one. Okay? So, I think this is, we want to establish, first of all, the understanding that God has a plurality about him. Be careful with what words you use. If you call it the Trinity, 
Uh, Jews will probably um, not appreciate that. In fact, maybe a lot of people won't appreciate that. But if you say the triune nature of God, I feel that that really is a better description. Um, You know, one of the things that I think is really important is that we learn what words are best to use in what situations. Because one word can cause people to go ballistic. Now, maybe they want to go ballistic, but it, but we shouldn't help them. You, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So another thing that Jewish people will say is, um, you know, you're saying that God has a son, but he's God. Don't, that makes no sense. Oh, well, what are you going to say to that? Well, you're going to say in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore, Adonai himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive. When she is giving birth to a son, she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Now, that in itself is really not enough. But when you add to it Isaiah 9 5 and 6. And for me, this verse is used for a lot of different reasons. This is, if you want to star a key verse, if you want to um, memor- or at least remember the address of this verse. Now, let me tell you, sometimes in the Hebrew Bible, it's a little different from maybe the Bible you have by one verse. In other words, it started, it's not like they added or subtracted a verse. It's that they started differently and don't let it worry you. So if what I'm reading as Isaiah 5 and 6, you have as Isaiah 6 and 7, it's still kosher. Don't worry about it, okay? Now, you know this. In fact, I believe that this scripture was one of the scriptures, without me knowing it, that brought me to the Lord. Because in high school, one of the things that, or one of the few things that I did was I sang, and I got into choruses, And uh, one of the choruses we would sing would be from Handel's Messiah. Well, I thought that was New Covenant. I thought that was from the Christian Bible. But, obviously, Isaiah was 700 years before Yeshua. And so he says, For unto us a child is born. A son will be given to us. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Now, up until here, it's not that strong a case. But now we get into it. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Now, in in Judaism, you cannot call anything else God except God. And here in this part of Jewish scripture in Isaiah, it says that we're going to call this baby, this child, Mighty God. And then Father of Eternity or Eternal Father. Now, how can we call a baby Eternal Father? That's crazy, right? Or Prince of Peace, which would be uh, a name for Messiah. Now, all of these together... 
gives a strong case that this baby is going to be God. Then if we continue with this, of the increase, you know what? I can't continue of this. We'll have to continue next week because I see my time is running out. So let me just mention to you that uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you visit us. Uh, Let me pray. Father, I thank you and praise you for this time we've had. I just ask that you will motivate us to to pray, to share our faith and, and pray for people and believe for their salvation. May the Lord be our listeners' first priority, and may you grow, uh, you listeners, may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.